<laughs> the lyrics to that song, so ably played, go like this. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new, the child that you delivered will soon deliver you. Mary, did you know that your baby boy will give sight to a blind man? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would calm a storm with his hand? Did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels trod? And when you kiss your little baby, you've kissed the face of God. Mary, did you know? The blind will see, the deaf will hear, the dead will live again. The lame will leap, the dumb will speak the praises of the Lamb. Mary, did you know that your baby boy is Lord of all creation? Mary, did you know that your baby boy will one day rule the nations? Did you know that your baby boy is heaven's perfect Lamb? And the sleeping child you're holding is the great, the great I am. Whew, man, that's awesome. I love Christmas for the music. The birth of Christ inspired music in the church and outside the church. Sacred music and secular music. Serious music and not so serious. Fa la 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 la. La 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 la. <laughs> Is it just me or does it sometimes seem like folks have started playing Christmas music earlier every year? The return of old holiday songs plus new and improved versions of them every season in almost all the genres, as well as more new and amazing compositions is always pleasantly surprising. If our culture enjoys Christmas prophets, while, as Jack Hayford says, rejecting Christmas prophecy, could this annual musical flood of sound be an attempt to drown, dilute, or mute the real reason for the season? Perhaps at times, but I think this abundance of music actually points us to the roots of the original Christmas story, in the Holy Bible, which feeper, which, which feepers, Lord, not today. <laughs> I don't want to talk about Renda Seller and her stick at Web Sisters, <laughs> which features plural occasions for prayer, praise, worship, and rejoicing, where both young and old, rich and poor, wise and otherwise and a heavenly angelic host as well as many individuals at Jerusalem's temple. Worship, praise, rejoice, and pray. With that being said, I'd like for us to reread the parts of this amazing story, condensed without losing the meaning of the story, but cutting out some of the details, while looking for occurrences of what could be called Christmas worship. And after finding them, we will ask the big question, why? Talking today about Christmas worship, if you have your notes in the bulletin, I've highlighted 
in the notes what I'm going to read. And as we read the highlighted portions, then we'll pause where we see worship. Worship is more than music. It's more than dancing. It's more than bowing. It's an attitude of the heart that honors God. When we ask God for the impossible, that is an act of worship. When we ask God for help, that is an act of worship. These are acts of honor. Luke 1, 5, there was in the days of Herod a certain priest named Zechariah. His wife was Elizabeth. They had no child, and they were both well advanced in years. So it was, while he was serving as priest before God, he's ministering, that's an act of worship, his lot fell to burn incense, that at that time was an act of worship, when he went into the temple. Verse 10, the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. The Christmas story is a story of two miraculous births. The first birth to an old barren couple, and the second birth to the virgin named Mary, betrothed to a man named Joseph. So here's a story of the first birth. While Zechariah, whose wife is barren, old in years, is ministering to the Lord, the crowd at the temple, the whole multitude, is praying at the hour of incense. The word there for prayer is the Greek word prosyukomai, which also means to worship. Can we say worship? So here's a crowd in prayer, honoring God, recognizing His greatness by presenting their needs to Him, as well as worshiping Him. Honoring the atmosphere of His presence with incense. While that's going on, verse 11 an angel of the Lord appeared to Zechariah on the right side of the altar of incense. The angel said, do not be afraid. Your prayer is heard. Elizabeth will bear you a son. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice. It's an expression of worship at his birth. Verse 16, he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God to make ready, the end of verse 23, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Can we say worshipers? After those days, verse 24, Elizabeth conceived and she hid herself five months, saying, the Lord has dealt with me to take away my reproach. To be barren and not having children was a sad thing. That was your retirement program. That was confirmation on your marriage, and people thought something was wrong with you. You must have done something wrong. Does that sound familiar in our day, what people do? In the sixth month, verse 26, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a virgin betrothed to Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel said to her, rejoice. There it is again. Highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Verse 30, do not be afraid. 
you have found favor with God. You will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. Of his kingdom, there will be no end. Then Mary said, how can this be? Since I do not know a man. The angel answered, Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest will overshadow you. The Holy One is to be born, will be called the Son of God. Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. Verse 37, for with God, nothing will be impossible. Verse 38, Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, here I am. Let it be to me according to your word. When we worship, it's an offering of our self to the Lord for his purpose. When we truly worship, we honor the Lord by surrendering all to him. And she did. Unlike Zechariah, earlier in the chapter, who argued with the angel. She just asked a question. He was struck mute. She was not. She worshipped. We're going to see when Zechariah got his speech back, he also worshipped. The angel departed, and Mary arose and went into the hill country. Not Fredericksburg and Kerrville. <laughs> with haste. And entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. They were her kinfolks. When Elizabeth heard Mary, the babe in her womb leaped. Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. She spoke out with a loud voice. Shouting is an expression of worship. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. That is Worshiping preborn Jesus, the baby in the womb. Where does life begin? If you're a believer, life begins in the womb and goes beyond the tomb into eternity. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. Verse 44 As soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. So preborn John's excited. His cousin's here. His purpose for living is going to be to be his forerunner. There's, I think, some praise going on there. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. If that's not a reason to praise the Lord, I don't know what is. Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord. This is called in Latin the Magnificat. My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. Verse 49, for he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name, and his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. So worship continues through the generations, doesn't it? Verse 56, Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her house. Elizabeth's full time came and she brought forth a son 
Her neighbors and relatives heard how the Lord had shown great mercy, and they rejoiced with her. See, praise and worship's all through this story. His father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, Blessed is the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people. More worship. Verse 72, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. 74, to grant us that we might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. Wow. Chapter 2, verse 1, it came to pass, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world shall be registered. Verse 3, so all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went to the city of David because he was of the house of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. While there, she brought forth her firstborn son and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. The angel said, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. There is born to you this day a Savior, Christ the Lord. Verse 13, Suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host. Host is a large number. A multitude of a large number from heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. So the angels are worshiping. Now let's just stop right here. It doesn't say they're singing, it says they're saying. In fact, there's no verses in the Bible that speak of angels singing. I love Hark the Herald Angels Sing. If you had heard Charles Wesley's lyrics before they got changed by someone else, George Whitfield, it was very strange lyrics. You would like Hark the Herald Angels Sing better. The angels were definitely praising God. If you believe angels sing, that's fine. When the angels had gone away, the shepherds said, let us now go to Bethlehem. They came with haste. And found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Verse 17. When they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning the child. Verse 20. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard. We say Christmas worship. Excited. Why? Stay with me. When eight days were completed... For the circumcision of the child, his name was called Jesus. Verse 22, when the days of her purification, according to the law, were completed, they brought Jesus to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Verse 25, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. Verse 26, it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's 
Christ, or the Lord's anointed one, the Messiah. So he came by the Spirit into the temple. When the parents brought in the child, Jesus, he took him up in his arms and blessed God. He's holding baby Jesus, and he's worshiping. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. Now I can die. (laughs) According to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation. Verse 32, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles, the glory of your people Israel. You reckon we've seen some reasons to sing? Joseph and his mother marveled at these things which were spoken of him. Verse 36, now there was Anna, a prophetess. She was of great age. She did not depart from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. Verse 38, coming in at that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. So here's two elderly people. Simeon, a mighty man of God begins to prophesy and worship. And Anna, the same thing. Now, a sermon on Christmas worship can't leave out the wise men, can we? I know your nativity scenes are really nice, but if you want to make them true to the picture, take the wise men out and add some to them. You you can have more than three, but put them on the other end of the house. They're on the way, but it's not going to be for a couple years till they get there, so... To be more accurate, maybe have the nativity set set up in September and then add the wise men on Christmas Day. <laughs> Let the shepherds go home to their families. <laughs> so Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. Now after Jesus was born, skip a phrase there, wise men from the east. It doesn't say kings. Uh, we three wise men of Orient are, it just doesn't work. Kings works better poetically, but they were no doubt emissaries of kings or of a king. They came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? We have seen his star and have come to worship him. They're looking for the baby. To worship. They departed, verse 9. The star which he had seen in the east went before them. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. They didn't just rejoice, they rejoiced with joy. They didn't just rejoice with joy, they rejoiced with great joy. They didn't just rejoice with great joy, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. The Greek word for great is mega. They rejoice with mega joy. The word for exceeding can also mean vehement or violent. Can you say expressive? Expressive joy. One of the Greek words for rejoice is the word ghoul. Can we say ghoul? Ghoul means to spin around under the influence of a violent emotion. You may not have seen that at church, but if your favorite team scores a touchdown, you may have seen that in your own house. (laughs) It's 
the natural way we are wired. We are made to worship and rejoice and praise the Lord. So they saw the star, they got excited. because We're going to see him. When they had come into the house, they saw the young child and fell down and worshipped him. Worship at its most expressive isn't the violent spinning. I mean, that's part of it. It's the on your face. Prostrate before the Lord. That's the ultimate expression of humility and honor to the mighty God. Can I get an amen? amen. And then they followed up their worship and their honor with gifts. It wasn't just their talk. It was in their walk. Let's pray. Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would speak to us from this story. In Jesus' name, amen. So I told you we were going to answer the question, why? Why so much worship in this story? It's really not the question. The question's actually answered with another question. The reason for joy, praise, worship, great humbling oneself before the Lord and great rejoicing is found not in why, but in who. The who of Christmas is a reason for the singing. Now, I know there's a lot of secular music that doesn't have a thing in the world to do with Jesus, but it has to do with the Christmas season and the romance of that glorious occasion. But why would there be that occasion? It all goes back to who? Who was Jesus? Who was he? The book of John is called the I Am Gospel. There are seven very clear I Am statements in that I am the door, I am the way, I am the truth. But we preached from the book of John for 60 Sundays and found 60 I Ams hidden in there. He didn't say I am 60 different things, but he did say I am more than seven times. When he was walking on the sea and they were afraid, he said, it is I, be not afraid. He literally said in the original language, I am, don't be afraid. When they were looking for him in the Garden of Gethsemane to arrest him, he said, whom do you seek? They said, we're looking for Jesus. He said, I am he, and they all fell down. He literally said, when they said, we're looking for Jesus, he said, I am. If you check your Bible, the word he is in italics. They added it. I am. He is the great I am. He's God's promised son, the source of eternal life. For unto us, a child is born. Unto us a son is given. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Prince of Peace, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. The government will be upon his shoulder. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that whoever believes in him might not perish but have eternal life. Is that a reason to sing? He's the Messiah, the one the children of Abraham had searched for for centuries, the one the prophets had prophesied about. He is the one, the one who would redeem his people 
and build the nation again. The builder of the church is the one and only Jesus. Is that a reason to rejoice? He is our eternal king, Lord and master of heaven and earth and everything under the earth. He is the one who was and is and is to come. That's our Jesus. Is that a reason to praise? He's the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, the perfect sacrifice under the old covenant. Your sins had to be dealt with through the form of a substitutionary offering. You had to bring a healthy lamb without blemishes to offer in place of you for your sins. If you brought a lamb that had any flaws, it was rejected. So it had to be a flawless, healthy, well-bred stock lamb or whatever other clean animal you were going to offer on your behalf for your sins. Now in the new covenant, we no longer have that burden. For the spotless lamb of God was offered for us. So here we are, warts and all, flaws and all beside, unworthy, needing our sins atoned for, needing to be redeemed from our sins. That's better than atonement. Atonement is covering. Redemption is removal. Does God look and see if you're worthy? Does he check for your flaws? Nope. He knows a spotless lamb was offered in our place. Is that a reason to give God some glory? Amen. Yes. He's the Holy Spirit baptizer, the one who empowers us for ministry, the one who fills us with purpose and gives us the strength to go through anything we have to go through. That's Jesus. On the day of Pentecost when the church was born, Peter told the crowd that Jesus was the one who poured out what they had seen and heard that day, the coming of the Holy Spirit. Is that a reason to honor the Lord? He's our great high priest, the one to whom we can come boldly for help in time of need. His throne is called the throne of grace, not the throne of condemnation. He is able to feel the feelings of our infirmities not because of his superior intellect or his omniscience. He is one of us. He knows what it's like to have his heart broken and be sinned against. He knows what it's like to be betrayed, disappointed, robbed, tortured, abused, killed, slandered. He knows. And if you're going through something like that, you can go to him. He knows he'll hear you. And he'll be able to comfort you. He'll give you the right word you need that will carry you through any storm. That's our great high priest ministering, ever living to make intercession for the saints. He's God and man. That is a reason to sing. And he's the way, the truth, the life. He said, I am the resurrection. We can face death without fear. The fear of death is the ultimate fear. It really is. If you chase any phobia down to its most logical conclusion, it always winds up death. 
my grandmother, my dad's mom, Lorene Mitchell Latta, was very much afraid of mice and snakes. If you came to her with a rubber snake, she would go bananas. I've seen her jump on top of stuff. You knew not to tease her in such ways. We were in the country. My folks had just bought a house out in the country. In the first winter, Grandma and Granddad came to stay with us, and they're staying in the guest room. And we didn't know about field mice, but that winter the field mice moved in to the attic. And you could hear them scurrying at night. And so we were trying to deal with them. And we heard Grandma one night when a mouse made a noise. She said, Thomas, that's Granddad, they have mice. Mice could bite us. We could all die. That was her. That was the most logical conclusion. Well, in Christ, he gives freedom from the fear of death. That is a reason to sing, to write songs, to rewrite songs, to do covers of old songs, and to sing new songs. There is no stopping the deluge of Christmas music. No stopping. Even the Muslims I worked with like Christmas because the tips get bigger. <laughs> they believe in the virgin birth. They just don't believe he's a son of God. Although in the Quran, the baby Jesus stands up in the crib when Mary's being harassed for who's his father, and he says, I am the son of God. It's in the Quran. And he said, he doesn't mean son of God like you mean son of God. That's their answer. David Platt, he pastors McLean Bible Church in the Washington, D.C. area, the largest congregation near multiple campuses. He had to leave his house at 3 a.m. one morning, so he had an Uber take him to the airport instead of his wife. Any wives thankful for Uber? The driver was a Muslim. And the driver said, you know, I'm a Muslim, but I had a dream the other night, and it's very troubling to me. Can you please tell me the meaning? He says, I saw the baby Jesus, and he spoke to me like a man, in a man's voice. He said, you do not need to doubt the fact that anything is possible with God. God can do anything. And he asked Pastor Platt, what is the meaning of this dream? He said, that's easy. God loves you, and he's showing you that Jesus is the Son of God, and you need to stop doubting it. Because God can do anything. Don't say it's impossible. For with God, all things are possible. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word today. I thank you for this season that we're in. I pray, Lord, you would release us to sing this Christmas season like never before. And not to resent the old songs. Come on, play a new one but just to enjoy the fact the world is singing because of you. And Lord, if we do cross paths with a Muslim, Lord, help us to share that dream, that story. Jesus being the Son of God is no problem at all because with you, all things are possible. Just like Gabriel said, in Jesus' name.
Amen. He who was and gives to God is the one who lives in us. The great I am. Yahweh. He who was and gives to God is the to thinking the times when we typically get on our knees is when we are in need and we're begging God we're at that moment we are humbling ourselves before the Lord because our backs are against the wall we have nothing more but get on our knees God help me I'm crying out have you been there you all have been there but how many of us at Christmas time have actually gotten on our knees in adoration to the King of Kings, not needing anything but just to declare, You are the I Am, You are Yahweh, You are that King of Kings. Can we be like those shepherds in the field? And the wise men who came two years later who immediately fell to their knees in adoration, bringing gifts, not wanting anything, but bringing themselves. 
Can we as a congregation make a sacrificial offering of just getting on our knees? And if you can't, stay in your seat. And let's just sing. Oh, come let us adore him. Oh, come let us adore him. Oh, come let us adore him, Christ the Lord. For you alone are worthy. For you alone are worthy. For you alone are worthy, Christ the Lord. We'll give you all the glory. We'll give you all the glory. We'll give you all the glory, Christ the Lord. Most Christmas concerts end with that chorus because the last song is generally, O Come All You Faithful, which is kind of a commissioning song. O come all ye faithful, joyful, and triumphant. O come ye, O come ye to Bethlehem. Come and behold him, born the king of angels. O come, let us adore him. God from true God and light from light eternal, born of a virgin, to earth he comes. Only begotten, son of God the Father. O come, let us adore him. Sing choirs of angels, sing in exaltation, Sing, all ye citizens of heaven above. Glory to God, all glory in the highest. O come, let us adore him. Yea, Lord, we greet thee, born this happy morning. Jesus, to thee be all glory given. Word of the Father, now in flesh appearing. O come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. Thank you for worshiping with us today. Who enjoyed the music that they had in the foyer as you came in? Wasn't that wonderful? You guys can do that next Sunday, too, if you like. After all, the shepherds arrived on the 26th, right? (laughs) The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Have some Christmas peace in Jesus' name. Amen. Go get him, tigers. God bless you.